and everybody should have a, a handout. Um, if you read some, the one from last week, I guess got some extras of those up here. You can come up after the service. You don't want to be denied, but uh, the ones on your left are from last week. The ones on the right are from tonight. Uh, uh, so uh, we're looking at Messianic prophecies of the Old Testament that were fulfilled in Christ. And we just really kind of did an introduction last week, looked at the importance of that, and uh, we established the significance of predictive prophecy last time, said that it shows there's a divine intellect behind both the Old and New Testaments. We said it establishes the fact of the God of the Bible, and it authenticates the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ, as well as proving the divine inspiration of the Bible. When you got, when you got things that were prophesied or predicted hundreds of years before and they come uh, uh, they come to pass uh, that tells you that you are dealing with the Word of God. Now we're going to look at some specific prof prophecies that relate to Christ's uh, first advent, Christ, Messiah, whatever you want to call Him. Um, we see first of all and some of these we're going, I'm not going to get into the detail of because the you'll see in a minute whenever we get into talking about the individuals such as Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the lineage, most of the references are the same. Going to the lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, His earthly lineage, both through... Joseph's line, who his stepfather, and also through Mary's line, uh, which the uh, he's the son of David through both of those lines. We'll talk about that, uh, but he uh, shows that he's uh, able to take the throne of David and and uh, rule and reign in the millennium, as is predicted in Scripture. First thing we want to see tonight, if you turn to Galatians 4, Galatians 4, you're familiar with Genesis 3.15. I've, I've mentioned it in some previous messages uh, recently as we've been looking at um, Christmas time. We said that uh, you know, the need for Christ coming into the world is because of what happened in the Garden of Eden when man sinned. And Genesis 3.15, the Lord said, to the servant said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So uh, this was the first promise of the, the seed, which is thought, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see the uh, fulfillment of this uh, is tied to the Lord. Look at Galatians 4 and verse number 4. It says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So um, we could also go to different places. I've given you, um, the reason I give you the handout, there's a lot of references. Okay. Some of them I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hit a little bit, but you will have them there to refer to. If you want to study it again, or you want to study it a little more thoroughly, you want to go back, go go in and uh, look at what I uh, 
what I was uh, have have laid out there for you. But John 1.14, we know a few weeks ago <clears throat> we preached about the uh, pre-existence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He, he's the Word. And John 1.14 says, The Word was made flesh uh, and dwelt among us. And now the way He was made flesh, we know, is that uh, as the angel told Mary what was going to happen, the Holy Ghost was going to come upon her, the power of the highest was going to overshadow her, and so what would be born of her was not going to be of man, it was going to be of God. And so, uh, so that's how he was made of a woman. Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John one fourteen says, Romans one three says he was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. He was made of the seed of David. Philippians two seven said he was made in the likeness of men. And um, of course, when uh, the angel appeared also to. Um, Joseph in Matthew 1.20 says, While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. So she, she carried the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed that was mentioned in Genesis 3.15. Now, look at, uh, with me at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 2. And the, the very purpose for Him being made flesh, and it talks about here that He's uh, partakers of flesh and blood like us. And uh, I shared this a Sunday evening at the end of our Christmas program, but I want you to see it again. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 14 says, For as much then as the children are partakers, the children of being us, the children, Children are protectors of flesh and blood. He also, speaking to Jesus, likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And then verse number 17 says, Wherefore, in all things that behooved him, notice this, to be made like unto his brethren, Okay, we 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 all we're flesh. He he became flesh. He he he. Uh, it behooved him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Had he not become flesh, he couldn't have been the sacrifice. It took a, took a human sacrifice, a perfect human sacrifice, and and that's why you have the virgin birth. And of our Lord, uh, because if he had been born of Adam, he'd need a Savior just like we did. But he was born of a virgin, and he was born from above. I mean, his, uh, his, his the power of the highest came upon uh, the Virgin Mary, and so uh, the Son of God uh, became flesh. What a, what a blessing! Um, there's a late Bible scholar by the name of David L. Cooper who said of this that we're talking about there in Genesis 3.15, he said, We find the first prediction relative to the Savior of the world called the seed of the woman. He said, And the original oracle that God foretold the age-long conflict which would be waged between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, uh, and, and which will eventually be won by the former. The, this 
primitive promise indicates a struggle between Messiah of Israel, the Savior of the world, and on one hand, and Satan, the adversary of the human soul, on the other. It foretells complete victory, eventually, for the Messiah. And some commentators believe that an echo of this promise and Eve's understanding of it is found in Genesis 4.1. And, you know, she thought uh, when, she, when uh, Cain was born, um, there the statement of, of Eve when Cain was her firstborn uh, son there, she says, I have gotten a man and she understood that maybe he possibly was the Lord or Jehovah. I have gotten a man, even Jehovah. She correctly understood this primitive prediction, but misapplied it in her interpreting it as being fulfilled in Cain, her son. It's clear that Eve believed that the child of promise would be Jehovah himself. That he's the seed. Okay? Um, he said, well, what if... You know, people like to come up with suppositions all the time. What, what if Eve had partaken of the fruit and Adam had not? Well, Eve would have still needed a redeemer, wouldn't she? Okay? And uh, the seed would still have been needed there. But, you know, the questions such as that really are nonsense because it didn't happen. Okay? It didn't happen. Don't get caught up in discussions of people trying to, to take and uh, mess with your brain. Okay, uh, Understand that what happened, happened. And uh, uh, so we see that this, the seed of the woman. We see, second of all, he would be born of a virgin. Uh, the prophecies in Isaiah 7.14, we've heard it several different times during the times I've been preaching these messages leading up to Christmas. Therefore the, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. And of course, the fulfillment is found in the Christmas story that we read on Sunday last Sunday evening. There in Matthew chapter 1 and uh, verse 18 and uh, verses 24 and 25, and also where, where the, uh, that's where the uh, angel came to Joseph, and also Luke 1, verses 26 through 35, uh, the angel Gabriel and his uh, addressing of uh, Mary, the Virgin Mary. Um, now, uh, there are, I'm not going to get into the, uh, the, the different words that are used. You don't know Hebrew. I, I, I really have not taken Hebrews. I just know what I've studied about uh, these words. Um, there is a word that properly denotes a virgin maiden. That was not used. There's another that uh, is used of a young woman of marriageable age. And that's the word that's used in the question that folks come up with is why. And uh, it's the word used there in Isaiah 7.14. The Holy Spirit through Isaiah did not use Bethula uh, because both the ideas of virginity and marriageable age had to be combined in one word to meet the immediate historical situation of the prophetic aspect centering in a virgin-born Messiah. And that's according to Unger's Bible Dictionary. Um, now, virgin is denoted in Greek by the word parthenos. Virgin, uh, that word means a virgin, marriageable, 
maiden or young married woman, a pure virgin. Now when the translators of the Septuagint, if you know anything about uh, scriptures, uh, the Septuagint is the Old Testament, the Hebrew was translated into Greek. Okay, It's called the Septuagint. When the translators of the Septuagint translated Isaiah 7.14 into Greek, they used the Greek word Parthenos because to them Isaiah 7.14 denoted the Messiah would be born of a virgin. And it's very clear that that's what happened. And when you read the New Testament, you find that uh, she was a virgin. She was she was very clear in Luke and in, in, uh, in uh, talking to the angel Gabriel that she had not known a man, and she was questioning how in the world is this going to happen? Means I've not known a man. Uh, she was a virgin, and of course I mentioned before, it's not much of a sign if a young woman winds up pregnant. Not much of a sign at all. But when you got a virgin that winds up pregnant, uh, then you've got a sign. And so, let's understand uh, the importance uh, there of what's being said. Um, also, he would be the Son of God, is uh, the third uh, prophecy there. And it comes from Psalm 2, verse number 7, uh, where it says, I will declare the decree, the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten thee. Um, we could also turn to uh, two places there, First Chronicles 17, verses 11 through 14. For time's sake, I'm not going to, but let me encourage you to. Uh, 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 16. These are uh, the Lord talking to David and, uh, and telling him uh, that, uh, he, that, he was going to, that there was going to be coming uh, through his line uh, this one. And we find the fulfillment in Matthew 3, verse 17, saying, Lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We know that was at the, first of all, at the uh, baptism of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What's important about that? Well, um, that voice from heaven uh, was one thing that was indicative to the, uh, the Apostle John that he was looking he went forth baptizing and said the one that you see the the uh, Holy Spirit settling upon uh, that's the one and uh, look at John's gospel chapter number one John's gospel chapter number one John the Baptist of course being the forerunner of the Messiah, uh, according to the uh, prophecy, uh, I mean, he fulfilled prophecy in what he did also in his role as forerunner. But in John one and verse number, uh, let's let's look at um, verse thirty. Well, let's say, let's back up to verse twenty nine. So the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. 
And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So he, he got to, the, when, the, when the Spirit descended, that was one indication. Hearing the voice from the Father, that was another indication. Uh, he had no doubt so that uh, who this person was, uh, that this was the one that he was looking for. This would be the Son of God. Um, also, uh, it's fulfilled Matthew sixteen sixteen. I'm not going to turn there, but let me just give you the 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 uh, the happening there. That's when Peter, uh, you know, they're they're discussing there. Whom say men that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter says, Thou art uh, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay? Uh, he, he gave that, and he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed it unto you. And so, uh, he's the Son of God. Uh, Mark 9 and verse 7 also uh, is uh, uh, dealing with the. Um, I think it's Mark 9, Luke 9, uh, there are dealing with the transfiguration. If I'm not mistaken, both of those deal with the transfiguration where you have the Father saying, This is my beloved Son. Uh, hear ye Him. Okay. Uh, and look at uh, Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter number 13. Acts 13, and of course this is the um, Apostle Paul uh, preaching at Antioch. And uh, Acts 13, look at verse number 30. And he says, But God, uh, God raised him from the dead, and see am I in the right place? Yeah, yeah. God raised him from the dead, and he was he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, talking about prophecy, okay? The promise made unto the fathers, the promise made to Abraham, Isaac, uh, uh, Jacob, uh, you know, all, all the prophecies uh, all along. Uh, is a God hath fulfilled the same unto us their children, and in that He hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second Psalm. That's what I began with, Psalm two, verse seven, uh, a while ago. He said, "Thou art my, my son; this day have I begotten thee." And as concerning that He raised Him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, He said, "On this wise He said, I will give you the sure mercies of David." Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And uh, that is Psalm 16, verse 10. That's what that references there. He said, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, uh, fell on sleep and was laid into his fathers and saw corruption. Okay, David saw corruption. But he... Whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all things that are, 
uh, all that believe are justified from things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. So he's he's pointing out here in Acts 13 that that uh, what we read in Psalm 2, 7, I will declare the creed, the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, that he's the Son of God. Okay? Son of God. Um, now the demons realize his sonship. This is, this is amazing. Uh, Mark chapter number 3, the uh, remember the um, uh, he was going to cast out the demons, and the 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 um, demons didn't want him to. And <laughs> Mark chapter number three, verse number eleven. Uh, this is what it says there. Mark three and verse number eleven. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, "Thou art the Son of God." And he straightly charged them they should not uh, make him known. Um, so you know, we see that there. We see uh, even the high priest. Look at Matthew chapter number twenty-six. Matthew twenty-six, just a few pages back. Matthew twenty-six and verse number sixty-three. Matthew twenty-six, verse sixty-three. And this is when he's standing before. Uh, he's he's being. Uh, 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 Christ is being tried and he's before the high priest. Look at uh, verse number um, 63. But Jesus held his peace and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast said, nevertheless I say unto you hereafter, Shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven? And the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. So uh, if he was claiming to be the Christ, which he was, uh, then the understanding of the high priest was that he was claiming to be the Son of God, which he is. Okay? Um, now another uh, uh, theologian, and I, I don't even know how to say this guy's last name. I think Hingstenberg. Uh, he wrote Christology of the Old Testament, and he, he says this. He says it's it's an undoubted undoubted fact, and unanimously admitted even by the recent opposers of its reference to him that the Psalm Psalm two was universally regarded by the ancient Jews as foretelling the Messiah. So when you read Psalm 2, the Jews understood that psalm in its entirety to be regarding the Messiah. And we just read you a portion of it uh, in Psalm 2, verse number 7. But he says, At the Incarnation, the first begotten was brought into the world, according to Hebrews, 11, Hebrews 1, and verse number 6, but it was only at and by His resurrection that his divinity as the only begotten of the Father was manifested and openly attested by God. Made of the seed of David according to the flesh, he was then declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead according to Romans 1 and verse number 4. So, he would be the Son of God. Now, we're going to hit these next few uh, together uh, and we're just going to point some things out to you. He would be the seed of Abraham. 
And uh, quickly, I'm just going to, I'm not going to have you turn, I'm just going to give you the verses. Genesis 12, 3 says, And in thee, uh, in Abraham, shall all families of the earth be blessed. How is that possible? Well, a Savior for the world, amen, came through Abraham's seed. Uh, Genesis 2, 22, verse 18 says, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Uh, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So, uh, again, God chose Abraham, said, in thy seed. And the importance of the event in Genesis 22 and verse number 18 is established when we realize that it is the only time that God swears by Himself in His relationship with the patriarchs. He swore by Himself. And uh, the fulfillment we find is in the genealogies, uh, Luke 3, uh, in verse 23 and verse 34, verse 23 shows you the, the genealogy of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 34, shows you he comes from Abraham. And Matthew 1 1 also tells us that he comes from Abraham. And Galatians 3 16 says this. Galatians 3 16 says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He hath not he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. So Paul understood the seed that is spoken of in Genesis 22:18 to be speaking specifically of Christ, because it's in the singular. Now, uh, that's Abraham. Well, we know Abraham had multiple children, didn't he? Uh, we're just going to talk about Ishmael and. And, and Isaac, um, God chose Isaac's line. He's the son of promise. Isaac was the son of promise. Uh, we know that he also married Keturah and had some children by her later on. But God limited it to Isaac through Isaac uh, in, pro in prophecy in, uh, in Genesis 21:12. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And again, we find fulfillment in the genealogies, both in Luke and Matthew. Uh, he would be the son of Jacob. Uh, the prophecy given in uh, Numbers 24, verse 17 and 19. Verse 17 says, There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Now remember, Jacob and Israel were one and the same. Jacob, uh, out of Jacob shall, uh, shall come he that shall have dominion. And we find that in Genesis 35, verses 10 through 12, where Jacob's name became Israel. So uh, there was Jacob and Esau, right? Well, God, that came from Isaac. Jacob and Esau. Well, God chose the line to come through Jacob. Then out of Jacob came 12 children, right? You got the 12 tribes. Well, the next. Uh, fulfillment has to do with uh, the tribe of Judah. Uh, and Judah was chosen according to prophecy in Genesis 49.10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And in Micah 5, verse 2, that we've seen in several of our messages leading up to Christmas, uh, talking about Bethlehem Ephrathah, it says, Though thou be a little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me 
that is a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. And so uh, he's out of the tribe of Judah. Again, the fulfillments and the genealogies there in Luke uh, 3 and also Matthew 1. And uh, Hebrews 7 verse 14 says, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Um, then uh, the prophecy was given in Isaiah. Uh, when you get down to David, uh, when you get down to Jesse's, Jesse, okay, the family of Jesse, Jesse had multiple sons too of which David was the youngest son, and the last one that Samuel uh, came to and uh, really had to ask Jesse if he had any more sons because none of the sons that he had looked at before were were the ones that God said, this is the one. And so uh, the prophecy in Isaiah 11 and verse number 1 says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and in that day there shall be a, a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign of the people. Through it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And to fulfill it again, as in the gene- genealogies, we see both, both genealogies list that uh, uh, both Joseph and Mary's uh, lines go back to David. They come through the line of David. It would, would be of the house of David, uh, uh, who came from Jesse. Um, the, the house of David prophecy we find in, in Jeremiah 23, verse 5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And then also Psalm 132, verse 11, The Lord has sworn in truth unto David, He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon the throne. And of course we can find uh, again uh, His words to David there in 2 Samuel. This is the second time mentioned in my notes here that we, I refer to this that passage there when the Lord was speaking specifically to David what, what He was going to do. And again, the fulfillments in the genealogies there in Luke 3 and Matthew 1. Listen to, uh, also to some others who recognized him as the son of David. Uh, and it was blind people. <laughs> uh, Matthew 9, verse 27, Jesus departed thence. Two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And you could uh, compare that to chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. Some more blind men. Also, Mark 10, verse 47, 48, uh, some of the same blind men mentioned there in Luke 18, verse 38, 39. Just a, a re, rehashing there. Some some of those are the same, but uh, a couple of them are different. Okay, And then Matthew 15, verse 22, there's a woman of Canaan who came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. This is a Gentile woman calling him the son of, of David. And uh, not even the, the Pharisees recognized him as, the, as such. Matthew 21, verse 9, it says, And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And when you read on down in verse number 15, 
uh, boy, the, it, that really upset the, the leaders of the Jews. And they got really upset at them crying out, calling Him the Son of David, and crying Hosanna. Um, Alright, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut off here. Um, we'll, we'll come back, Lord willing, <laughs> next, next uh, Wednesday and take a look at maybe a few more of these. Um, but if, if not, if for some reason the Lord leads me differently, you've got everything I've got up here, really, except I've got my, the verses pulled out to try to help facilitate. But uh, it's getting late. And uh, I don't want to keep you too long. We, we really need to pray for the needs on our prayer list. So we're going we're to cut there. And those who are listening to this online, the, the, uh, my notes in full are posted there. And so I encourage you to get those notes and to, to, to look at the, uh, the study there. Okay? Any questions? All right. Well, let's pull out the prayer list and pray for the needs.